coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. On a more serious note, if there were plans and plots to overthrow the election and overthrow the government, then that's a whole nother kettle of fish, my friend. And I say, well, they were both wrong. You can't say a tip for a tap. According to reports, he was saying, if we go up there, we're going to break every rule in the book. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And we had a busload go up from Greensboro of Republicans, but they they went to the rally to support the president. They heard a little bit about what was happening at the Capitol, but they didn't know until they got back. I think it was a situation where it may have just gotten out of control. We've always been, we've all been in situations where one thing led to another, led to another, and it kind of got out of control. If he had just done those good things and settled down, he just thought the more he did, the bigger he could get. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for safe travels on the 4th of July as my family traveled from California and Vegas and North Carolina and back and forth. Uh, Lord, just thank you for that safe travel. Lord, uh, we lift up the people that uh, were involved in the shooting and the victims and all the people that were involved with that and traumatized. Uh, we ask that you uh, give them safety and peace as they go through that. Amen. Father God, we just come to you saying thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for this great country that we call home, that we say in God we trust. God, thank you for the blessing of family, friends, and fellowship. And God, as we continue to pray to you and understand that democracy is fragile, we ask you to continue to help us and keep us. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. 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 So, Adele, did you have a good 4th of July? I had a great 4th of July, Bill. I was able to go home and spend time with the family and friends and just moving around and making some things happen. So that's always good. And how was yours, sir? It was good. Um, we had at my brother's house, we had about 50, 50 people show up. We did a low country boil and some ribs. And uh, we, we celebrated two days in a row. So one day we were celebrating my brother, Kevin, coming in from California. He's struggling with some medical conditions. So we were all loving on him. And just it was good to be with family. It is. Hey, did, did, of course, usually when you get around family, sports or politics come up. Did you all talk about the January 6th panel and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, people in our family on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, people that uh, are Trumpers and then people that are uh, Brandon people. 
Okay. What's, yeah. what's branding people? I never heard of that. What's that? Well, there's uh, a guy um, at a NASCAR event had something related to Brandon on his shirt. And it was uh, derogatory to Biden. So instead oh. of saying Biden, they said Brandon. And okay. that's become a, now become uh, the kind of the thing, you know, like, thank you, Brandon, for the high gas prices and things like that. Instead of saying Biden. Well, you know what? Brandon and Biden, both of them in trouble as it relates to the midterm. Now, I'm a proud Brandon Biden supporter, but sometime when you think about it and you say, okay, President Trump may or may not run 2024, Brandon Biden's running, it reminded me of Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan coming back <laughs> for a reunion fight. <laughs> That, you know, these guys, listen, these guys are like, you know, they're older now. What's what's the nature boy going to do? What's Hulk Hogan going to do? You know, Hulk hair is gone. Nature boy physique is gone. But it, but nature boy is still strutting around the ring and Hulk is still pulling off T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> they can they can still still talk to talk, talk trash. That's for sure. Well, you know, I think. I think uh, this January 6th committee is starting to zero in more and more. You know, I think uh, with Cassidy Hutchinson coming forward and talking about some of the things that happened during the White House while January 6th went on and how uh, it took so long for Trump to call in uh, support and tell supporters to go home. I think there's a lot of backstory to it. Um, it, I don't think, you know, clearly they can't impeach him, but uh, I don't know if it's criminal or not. I'm not a lawyer, but uh, they say the Justice Department is looking at it. So we'll see. The uh, I guess they got a big they they got a big fish coming in that they didn't expect. Uh, he was the attorney for for uh, Trump. Yeah, I, I think, and I'm gonna mispronounce his name. His name is Pat Cipollone. I'm sure I didn't pronounce it right. He's Donald Trump, former White House Counsel, is scheduled to testify. You know in the House Committee investigation on January the 6th. So my question to you, Bill, as a Republican, and I talked to a lot of my Republican friends, and they say that the whole January 6th panel is illegitimate, is illegal, and everything else. So I asked the question, is it illegitimate? Is it illegal? But if it is illegitimate, is the findings illegitimate? Well, you got a point there. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, a, I, first off, I don't think it's illegal because it's Congress. I don't think they're going to do stuff that's illegal. Is it illegitimate? You know, I, I, there's so many shenanigans that go on in politics. And you and I have heard it first time, firsthand with Mark Walker and Mark Meadows and all those stories that we know uh, firsthand. So it wouldn't surprise me that Initially, they wanted on this committee to have a good representation of Republicans and Democrats. And, you know, you think about it, there was an insurrection that attacked police officers. And, you know, my brother, one of my brothers said, well, what about all those police officers that were attacked out in Portland with the radicals that were out there and they destroyed federal property? And, and I said, well, they were both wrong. You can't say a tip for a tat. I said, it's, it's you know, it's just they're both wrong. And uh, so I think that when they were investigating this January 6th, part of it was the criminal activity of attacking police officers and injuring police officers. 
in, in obviously damaging federal property. But, um, you know, they th that was what they were investigating. And uh, they, so they wanted Republicans and Democrats to be bipartisan and look into it. And at the last minute, Meadows pulled all the Republicans off, except for the two or three that decided they were going to stay on it. And, you know, they, they've got a little uh, taintness to them because they voted to impeach the president. So people will say, well, they got a bias. They want him out. And, uh, you know, that may be true. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what their heart says, but I think the evidence speaks for itself. People are coming forward and saying, how did Trump act during that event? You know, all of his advisors, except for Giuliani and a few other people, told him he had lost the election and he wouldn't listen to him. He wouldn't accept that. And uh, I've, I've never heard of a president calling another secretary of state from us uh, and saying, hey, I just need 11,000 so many votes, just one more vote. I mean, that doesn't sound right to me to be doing that. Uh, so I think there's something there, uh, whether they'll get him or not. I don't know. Uh, will it damage Trump? I don't know. He has a lot of power. Um, his endorsement means a lot to some people. Other people, it's, it's not. So what do you think? It's hard to even wrap your hands around it because when you start thinking about Miss Hutchison who came up there and the young lady and boy, they just pondering her on social nets, calling her everything but a child of God. And again, it's that third person. Um, she say, I say, he say, someone else said. And what it did though, it opened the gates open for the investigating committee to say, okay, um, you said this, let's see if we can have someone collaborate your story or not. And now when someone asks the questions, because a lot of his own details, Bill, did the president lunge forward to grab the steering wheel? Did he lunge forward to this and that? Now you bring the FBI agent in or secret service agent in or the attorney in, and you get to ask all kinds of questions. That's why when people usually are being charged something, they don't they don't testify because now the other guy gets a chance to uh, question them. And the thing about this whole hearing is not like a court of law where one side gets to question and cross-examine. No, no, it's a narrative. It's a narrative. And I would be lying if I didn't say it wasn't a narrative to the point that it is orchestrated, almost like a movie production, you know, and you think about it. Now, does that mean there's no truth there? No. So I think the young lady went in there and put her right hands up under oath and told the story the way she understood it. And now you have to bring other people in because if someone says Odell did something and Bill was with him and Bill's like, oh man, now you dragged me in there. And that's kind of how it works, you know? So I think that this young lady got up there and shared her heart. And because of that, that's kind of opened some doors and it really may have even shamed some people because if the president was behaving in such a way, and we all have our moments, so that's not what I'm talking about, not getting angry or anything like that and throwing your lunch against the wall, even though I never pull that stunt. I don't know if I want to pull that at my house, Bill. I think if Bear brings something to the table and I don't want to eat it and I grab it and throw it against the wall, that might be the last time I threw something around there for a while. <laughs> but what I will say, though, on a more serious note, if they were plans and plots to overthrow the election and overthrow the government, then that's a whole nother kettle of fish, my friend. 
You're right. You know, Dory and I were watching the history of Watergate. They had it on, uh, on one of the stations. And I remember living through that. And I remember that, you know, that it started out with just a break in. And then it found out the people that were part of the break in belonged to the Republican Party or getting money from the Republican Party. Uh, and it took a while to unravel everything. And and then uh, John Dean, who was his counsel, came forward and he 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 I think he felt he was going to be called the scapegoat on it. He was going to wow. be. And so he he started singing like a canary, but he didn't even know there was a recording device in the White House, in the uh, Oval Office. He didn't even know that. And he he recalled one time he was being asked questions by Nixon and Nixon kept looking down at a card to ask him questions. And Dean thought to himself, I think I'm being recorded. This is a setup. And, wow. and, and the way they found out there was recording, they brought in... A, an obscure White House person, kind of like uh, the one that uh, Hutchinson, Miss Hutchinson, somebody that wasn't you know, part of the inner circle, but was involved in there. And the reason he knew about the recording devices, because he was the one, he was the technician that knew how to do it. And wow. he was the one that set it up. So they brought him in and, and said, are there recording devices in the Oval Office and recording conversations? And they got him on, you show him on TV uh, because it was being broadcast and he didn't want to answer. He did mm. not want to answer. And then all of a sudden he, he puts his head down and he goes, yes, there is. And there was a audible noise in the room and that started the downfall. So when you look at people, like you said, a lot of these guys are saying, I don't care. You can subpoena me. I'm not going there. But when they start asking these guys questions like, OK, was there a scheme to seize voting machines or sending false letters to state officials about election fraud? Uh, you know, this guy was there. I mean, he was in the room. We talk a lot about the Hamilton situation, the play uh, Alexander Hamilton and what happened in the room. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this attorney was in the room, Bill. He was in the room. And according to some reports, he was the one who was telling the people, listen, that's a crazy idea. Don't do that. Don't go up to the don't go up to the Capitol with the mob protesters, whatever one want to call them, because sometimes something can be the same thing, because in that group, it might have been some protesters in that group. It might have been turned into a mob. Don't know. But he was like, According to reports, he was saying, if we go up there, we're going to break every rule in the book. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I think we all have to have people in our circle who says, well, at least I do. Odell, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, don't do that because a lot of times we want to do things, but we don't need to do them. However, someone's going to ask the question, well, what happened? You know, what happened during all those hours when the White House or the West Wing was silent? what was going on. And if you're doing under oath, and this guy's young enough, Bill, I don't know how old how old he is, but you can look at it and tell me he's young. A lot of these people are not willing to risk their career for someone else or throw their career away for someone else. And I think that was the situation you had with John Dean, correct? That correct. he just got married and he wasn't willing to throw his life away for Nixon. Yep, that's exactly, you know, he talks about that. John Dean narrates some of it and he talks, why did he, why did he talk? And he said, because he realized that 
if he did, if he perjured himself or lied, he was going to go away for a long time. And he told them, he said the biggest mistake he ever made was becoming, leaving the attorney general's office to become the White House counsel. And he did it because he was a young guy and he thought, wow, I'm working in the Oval Office for the president of the United States as chief. And partway through it, some of this stuff started coming up, uh, the break-in. And he basically told Nixon and Halderman that they needed to hire a criminal lawyer to come in because John Dean wasn't qualified as a lawyer to handle criminal activity. Wow. And uh, and they didn't do it. And it, part of it was they were setting him up to uh, to take the fall. But, you know, I, I think there's something there. I think there's something there with uh, Trump. Uh, where did they be able to pin it on him? I don't know. And will it hurt the midterm elections? I don't know if it's if 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 it's something pretty pretty bad. Yeah, they'll they'll probably affect the elections. And I think if if I was a Democrat going into this, the Republicans would be hurt uh, because uh, it's midterm and Republicans are going to probably gain power, take over the House or the Senate. And if they can do a bombshell and kind of cut it off at the past, the Democrats might re- maintain power in the House and Senate. Well, Bill, as a resident Democrat here. I think we're in trouble. I know we're in trouble. But one thing back about Cipollone, if I'm pronouncing the name right, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing about executive privilege and attorney-client privilege, you know, that's real. So now it's like, okay, what is he willing to say? Mm-hmm. And the fact that, heaven forbid, if someone in President Trump's orbit would let somebody be a scapegoat to save him, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All that kind of good yeah. stuff. So this is a young man with his whole career is on the line. And I think he's going to come as clean as he can. But at the end of the day, the Rudy Giuliani's of the world and all these other folks who said, I don't care what you do. I'm not going to subpoena myself. But the good thing about it and the bad thing about it, about President Trump, the phone calls he made, the things he said, he had a problem with getting in his own way. And since he wanted people to know it was him, he made the phone call. I mean, why in the world would you make a phone call to be recorded? You know, but that's who he was. And the fact that many people have told him the fraud in elections didn't exist and it was a big lie. And he's like, he went with it. You know, now, was it a lie or not? I don't know. However, if I had to give my opinion, I would say yes. But why tear up a whole country over one's person's hurt feelings. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he tried to get the attorney generals to change. Then he tried to go after the voting machines. Then he tried to get his attorney general to file lawsuits, which there were a number filed and all came back saying there was no voter fraud and he just wouldn't accept it. And I think his last resort was to do this crazy thing to get um, Pence to not verify the electoral college. And he tried talking Pence into doing that and Pence didn't, didn't do it because he could, didn't have the power. Because he didn't have the power, they, what does he do? He sends a mob up to go lynch the guy. So do you really, now all jokes aside, I know we, we laugh about it, it's nothing serious. I think sometimes unattended consequences are consequences. 
I think it was a situation where it may have just gotten out of control. We've always been, we've all been in situations where one thing led to another, led to another, and it kind of got out of control. And I do not believe that Donald Trump intended to get Mike Pence lynched. Well, if what Hutchinson said was true, that when the FB, the Secret Service wouldn't take him up to the Capitol, the Secret Service said, don't go out and do that speech because people have weapons. He said, they're not going to harm me. And they're my people. And so I, I, I don't know what Donald Trump was thinking. I, I, I don't know, but it was, it's, I think a, a rational person would, first off, wouldn't invite a group of people to D.C. to protest during a pandemic. Okay, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Why invite, you know, all these people? And, and, and then that's one issue. And the second issue, Trump attracts some of these radicals. Okay, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, white supremacists. If you're going to invite a bunch of people to support you, guess who's going to show up? It's not right. the church lady. It's not the church lady. Right. And we had a busload go up from Greensboro of Republicans, but they, they went to the rally to support the president. They heard a little bit about what was happening at the Capitol, but they didn't know until they got back. So there were people up there that went and did honest, just a regular protest. But clearly there was a group that uh, had a whole different agenda. Well, Bill, let's let's switch courses for a minute. Let's talk about this young lady, Representative Liz Cheney, Republican from Wyoming. When you hear Liz Cheney, what do you think about? I think what of thoughts dad, come to mind. I think of her dad, the Vice President Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney was a, a a tough bird. He was a tough guy. He wasn't afraid. You know, they say he was the architect behind uh, us going into Iraq, and he might have been. I don't know. Uh, but he, uh, he was a tough guy. The second thing that comes to my mind about Dick Cheney is he shot uh, somebody accidentally in a bird. <laughs> That's not funny, but being hunters, we understand, we understand how that works. So yeah. really, Liz Cheney's pedigree mm-hmm. is one where she's not afraid of them because and only because she's the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, you know? Yep. And she's the vice chair of the panel and has merged as one of the most outspoken members yeah. of anything. So what are you going to do when your father knows where all the bodies are buried and how you're going to attack his daughter? Because politics, you know, people in politics have long memories. Oh, yeah. And they, they play games. We know that with Mark Walker, what happened with him and Mark Meadows. Um, yeah, speaking of that, Mark Meadows, Mark Meadows, his name came up in the midst of everything Ms. Hutchinson was talking about. And it's like, Mark Meadows, how did you get yourself entangled in the middle of all this? And if anybody may be the fall guy, do you think if push comes to shove, President Trump will make Mark Meadows the scapegoat? I don't think Trump has, you know, he had a he had a, a lawyer that gave $130,000 to that lady that he had an affair with forgot some porn star. And now this guy's in jail. Wow. <laughs> and Trump isn't. He committed the crime. <laughs> he gave the money and his lawyers in jail. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So to answer your question, would he, would he throw Mark Meadows under the bus? You betcha. 
I think in a heartbeat, I, Bill. I think Mark Meadows has got to be looking over his shoulder. You know, he was a congressman in uh, North Carolina, and uh, he he had uh, uh, he, when he when he went into the White House, he he didn't run anymore, and he was backing a particular candidate, and and Mark Walker, our congressman, backed a different candidate. And since then, there's been bad blood with Mark Mark uh, Meadows against Mark Walker. Well. With all that being said, rumors are, and some national reports are saying that President Donald J. Trump is getting ready to launch his 2024 uh, presidential campaign this month, but no one does it before the midterms. What's going on? Yeah, Trump does his own thing. He does his own thing. And uh, and I'm not sure what that thing is, but he does it. You know, well. It, you have to admire the guy, Bill. You have to admire him in so many different ways. But at other times, you're like, mm, I don't know. Pretty clever politician. I got to give you that. You know, I know I've been picking on Trump, but he did a lot of good things. I mean, what he did with Israel, we had low gas. We had the pipeline. We were producing more energy than we were consuming. Uh, the economy was doing well. I mean, there's a lot of good things he did. I think we started seeing some of the true colors I mean, there's always controversy over the guy. There was always drama. I mean, it was just, uh -huh. it was on and on and on. He, he stood up to Iran. He stood up to China. You know, he did a lot of good things. He got NATO straightened out. But there was so much drama with it and so much extracurricular activity that it, it became a distraction. And uh, if he had just done those good things and settled down, but I don't think his ego would let him do it. I think he, he just thought the more he did, the bigger he could get. Can we give him his Twitter account back? We kind of missed that. You know, yeah. you know, you know, well, how about that? But then he started a whole new um, platform or something like that. Yeah, he's supposed to start his own platform, but I don't know if it's taken off or anything about it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know much about it, so I, I can't say, but, you know, I, Facebook and Twitter kicking him off, you know, that kind of, okay, where do you draw the line? Okay. You know, I've got, I've got some relatives that are on Facebook and are kind of conspiracy theorists and, and talk about why you shouldn't get vaccinated and it's conspiracy with all these drug companies. And I go on their site under Facebook and their posting is, is taken off with a notice from Facebook saying, you know, this is derogatory information or not factual information stuff. I'm thinking, okay, just when, who has the right to do that? Right, right, right. When you draw the line. Think about your favorite, one of your favorite Congresswomen, uh, Representative Marjorie Green. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah why she, do you why do you like her so much, Bill? You laugh about it every time she, I bring her up. She, she's something special. She's something special. I'll tell you what, uh, be interesting to see if you could ever find common ground with somebody like that. Well, one good thing about it, anytime there's an incident, you know, she's going to be there. Oh, yeah. She's going to be there. And they make controversial remarks because guess what? They get in the press. The and more that's what controversy you are, the more press you get. Okay. Now, help me again, because I, I started earlier with Rick Flair, the Nature Boy Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan. And you were saying that uh, Brandon, is it Brandon, Biden? Okay. And you said this, the story is, instead of saying Biden, we're saying Brandon. Right. So 
if the if the match of 2024 super throwdown match is going to be against Brandon Biden and Rick Fair Trump, then we're in for something. We're in for a match. We're in for a knockdown drag out match. What do you think, my friend? Oh, yeah, that's without a doubt. You know, I think DeSantis down in Florida has a chance of being nominated. He's he's hmm. he's conservative enough and moderate enough that he might be able to knock you know Trump off the platform, um, particularly if they find some stuff in January sixth investigation. That might be the the final blow, but uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, who's going to knock off Brandon? Who's going to knock Brandon off? Well, because he's president, it's his call. Probably the only thing that could get him knocked off is his health. So you're saying just because he's the incumbent president, no one in the Democratic primary can run against him? No, they'll run against him, but I don't think they're going to. There's not anybody that's come out yet that I feel will would knock him off, that has come out in the press and stuff. Um, even though there's a lot, you know, a lot you can go after the guy for the price of fuel, the economy, you know, you know, he's blaming everything on Russia. Well, that's true to some extent, but not the whole thing. So, but I, I, I think that uh, that would be interesting if they run again, the two of them, Th- this would be the uh, geriatric presidential race. <laughs> well, Walker's well, and Canes. Canes. That's, that's, that's the way it is, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, Rick Flair, Nature Boy, Rick Flair yeah. and Hulk Hogan. So who's Nature Boy, uh, Bill, and who's Hulk Hogan? Oh, Hulk Hogan clearly is Trump with the long hair, with the hairdo. There's no doubt about it. Well, we're about ready to close up here. The, uh, what have you got? What do you got planned for this, this rest of this week? You know what? I think I'm going to do the Ric Flair strut nature boy and all this kind of good stuff. So if it's Brandon and Biden is my guy, let me get my corner ready. Let us get our fancy robes together. Cause Hulk Hogan will be tearing off t-shirts and wearing a head bandana and, blowing up the scene. So I don't know what's going to go on, Bill. Um, But as a lifelong Democrat who bleeds Democrat red and American and a Christian, um, I think we're in trouble in the midterms. I think we're in trouble. Now, we may get a gift. We may get Hulk Hogan come off the top ropes and there's nobody to body slam. He just lay in the middle. He just lay in the middle of the ring and we, you know, we pin him. But I don't know, because the good thing about um, Hulk Hogan, aka your president, he's liable to do it. <laughs> he's liable to do anything bad. I mean, it's going good for him. Uh, I just think, to your point, if you just sit still, those us Democrats going to take a beating in the midterm. But the Supreme Court justice is over there, and man, they're doing all kind of stuff to riling people up. And then you have Hulk Hogan going to come in there early and go ahead and getting the arguments and we're going to give him his Twitter back, Bill. We're going to give him his Twitter account back because we want to hear from him. We want to hear from him, my friend. (laughs) The gift that keep on giving. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Well, buddy, I enjoyed the conversation. Love you, man. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Thanks. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Jeremy Powell, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. All rights reserved.
Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.